survivors and welcome to First Aid Spray, a Resident Evil podcast by fans for fans. This is episode 67, and in this edition we are going full mayhem mode as we take on the Ganado Horde in Resident Evil 4 Remake's Mercenaries mode. My name is Sai, and joining me on the panel this week, like Krauser in his secret arm of doom, there's more to him than meets the eye. It's Fire Button Steve Valance. Hi everybody. Kaboom! Dynamite, bitch! It's Kelsey, a.k.a. KDB. <laughs> Begin. And smashing those social media numbers like Hunk Snaps Next, our special guest this episode, it's Andy from Biohazard Declassified. Thanks for having us on, guys. Appreciate it. Every episode of First Aid Break is recorded live on our Discord server, so join now to hear the show early and unedited and to become part of our fantastic little community where we discuss life, the universe, and Resident Evil. You can find a link to the server as well as all of our social media profiles at our website, fasprayPod.com. It's the support of our listeners that keeps First Aid Break going, so why not check out our merchandise or our Patreon page? Tears begin at just $1 a month. Head over to patreon.com forward slash fasprayPod for a full list and a chance to create bonus First Aid spray content uh relatively light on housekeeping on this episode it hasn't been too long since our gigantic four hour resident evil 4 special uh if you've not gotten through that yet understandable but uh, if you haven't started it yet make some time for it um nonetheless we have picked up a new patron so thank you to hunter johns for supporting first aid spray and thank you to all of our patrons who now if you're a mastermind tier subscriber you can check out I'm not going to talk about what it is too much, but a sort of pilot for a new show, a new idea we're kicking around. Uh, so do take a look at that, and we'd love some feedback on it. Other than that, let's circle back around to our guest, Andy. The number one question I always like to ask everyone, how did you discover Resident Evil? What was the first game for you, and kind of what led you to falling in love with it so hard that you kind of, you know, you're a big part of the community now? Thank you for that. I, I guess it started off. I used to uh, basically I used to watch my parents play Resident Evil back in the day. So I was born in 1995. So I'm relatively a young chap. A whippersnapper. Yeah. <laughs> although although I feel like my twenties are definitely going too quick. Um, but yes, it was, I want to say it was maybe four or five years old. I'd a, I used to watch my parents play a lot of Resident Evil two. I, I remembered all of my uncles uh, and my mum. They was all playing. Uh, Resident Evil 1 on the Slimline PS1. And ever since then, it's just, it's kind of stuck with me. I always have a saying about Resident Evil, like, people come and go in your lives, you know, girlfriends, boyfriends, they they come and go. But one thing that's always consistent is Resident Evil in some capacity. <laughs> yeah, That's right. It'll never go away. It'll just, yeah, <laughs> I believe it. Uh, so, yeah, like... You, I feel like, from my perspective anyway, it feels like Biohazard Declassified kind of came out of nowhere. Like, it hasn't been around too long. But as I understand it, you're like one-off, if not the biggest Facebook pages for Resident Evil at this point. Kind of what led you to creating it or being a part of it and, you know, that journey? I think for us, it was... Well, for me, it was back in... It was back in 2019. I mean, I was I was streaming on my personal platform in various capacities across, you know, YouTube, Twitch, and never, ne- never to a lot of avail, to be honest. And uh, I kind of identified there was a bit of a gap in the market on Facebook. Facebook had recently launched its Facebook gaming platform. Mm. And at that time, I was modding a page called Resident, uh, excuse me, a group called Resident Evil Stars Posting. And I, I was part of that for a good six months. And I loved Resident Evil so much at that point, I would go on my personal profile 
and I would stream in that group. No face cam, nothing like that. Like literally just just the game mm. and my microphone. We used to, I mean, there used to be like 150 people in there, just all all talking about our love for Resident Evil. It was really good. Obviously, memes aside, of course. Uh, and then <laughs> the idea for Biohazard the Classfire come for we want to take this out of the group. We want to make it kind of a dedicated, a dedicated news page. And like a, initially, really, it was a meme page, in all honesty. You know, <laughs> we, we would just post relatable and, and newsworthy memes. And it become almost a selling point. It was like, right, if we start streaming on this, we start actually creating, creating content around Resident Evil on, on this Facebook page. It was kind of, they, they initially come in, you, we hook them in, hook viewers in by the memes, and they kind of stay for the streams. And that <laughs> that kind of uh, methodology worked for a good year or so, and then Resident Evil Three remake was announced, and then we it ended up going from like ten thousand followers to like something silly like hundred thousand in the space of a couple of months. So wow, yeah, and then then the other platforms just just kind of joined behind it. But I mean, the grind never stops. The the absolute grind never stops. We're I'm still hungry as ever. Still still want to reach the next level, obviously. Now TikTok's starting to make big impressions in in the gaming community, and I really believe TikTok is going to be mm-hmm. another big player in this space. Yep. It's just a matter of time. Sure. It keeps me hungry at the end of the day. <laughs> I'd love to see it. Awesome. Okay, cool. Well, uh, we stayed a little bit light on news on the last episode, so uh, let's dig into the latest headlines. Steve, please take us away. Our first piece of news, Resident Evil 4 Remake has sold up to 4 million units so far. Is that right? Yeah, it's almost certainly more than that at this point. Um, This is a report that I copied and pasted in here for the show notes uh, of over a week ago. Um, The game sold over 3 million copies within its first two days of release uh, to give you like a, a more honed in sort of situation, which is pretty ridiculous it made it the second fastest selling resident evil in history uh within its first two weeks so that's pretty cool i mean to be honest kelsey did we see this one coming to be honest because it is resident evil 4 yeah like it's kind of staggering but also unsurprising yeah as well um i think it's so important to kind of just think about the groundwork that's been laid over like the past i'm gonna maybe like 10 years or just under 10 years because if you think the late 2000s when all these action shooters just exploded and that's all it was to the point where even Resident Evil 6 went that route. And games kind of changed around the time of Alien Isolation and what's the other one? Amnesia and Outlast and then Resident Evil 7. You could say PT as well, even though it was just a demo. And then Resident Evil 7 comes along and I think it's there. Things started to shift and horror games just became like... Yeah, we've been spoiled over the past few years and then Capcom have obviously been a front runner with all that, with the remakes and with the new original games. And it's just so amazing to see that even in more recent times, the games like Scorn, Callisto Protocol, Dead Space Remake, I think streamers are a big part of it, Andy obviously, and like other people in the community. And outside of Resident Evil, like just streaming horror games in general is a huge thing. Mm. And so Resident Evil Remake has come at this time where not only has like, horror just re-exploded and it is so popular on you know online and with gamers again 
it's Resident Evil 4. And it's the one that even the people who maybe didn't like the original games actually liked and played. So everyone kind of knows what it is. And then, yeah, they were, <laughs> they've were come along and just smashed it out of the park. And I think it's just kind of nice to see this pinnacle of wide appeal and for it to be, you know, I, I was going to say our Resident Evil. We don't own Resident Evil, but, you know, <laughs> it's it's been a journey sometimes with Resident Evil but it's back on top it is the best and even though this game has got a load of action in it there's definitely a lot of horror where's the heart the horror on its sleeve and I'm just yeah just kind of buzzing to see the best at the top again you know with with this genre of game and to have such a good game for sure I mean to give it even greater context context there I just searched up what the situation is with Capcom's platinum titles you know like their best sellers uh, 4 million units puts it pretty much in the number 20, the top 20 titles they've ever done already in the yeah. first couple of weeks. So it's tracking to be right up there. You know, we, over the last few years of doing the news, we've talk, talked about Remake 2 and 7. And 7, obviously, is now the best-selling single Resident Evil title, finally overtaken 5. We kept a track of that, but it looks like Remake 4 is just going to speed through all those kind of expectations. Steve, how do you feel about the sales numbers? It's not even been a month. No, not, not even not a even. month. Like, oh my goodness! Like, yeah, I, I think it's like you, like you said, it's coming from all angles, isn't it? Because it's going to be people who played the original RE4 and thought it was a landmark shooter, but didn't really like Resident Evil on either side. You've got the yeah. classic fans looking for a horror version of RE4. You've got the action fans going, "Yay, I can kick and suplex things again!" So it's a hmm. big, uh, a cluster truck of people coming in to see it, and it's fantastic kind of feel bad for other horror third-person action games of the year. You know, looking at you, Dead Space, in the rearview mirror going, sorry, uh, you know, uh, uh, Resi's back, and uh, we're here to stay. Yeah, yeah, thoroughly impressed, but also terrified at how well it's going. Yeah, for sure. Uh, We obviously, as I said at the beginning, talked about that game a lot already, but Andy, how did you feel about, you know, RE4 Remake in general? Um, You know, don't go four hours like we did, just like a brief rundown. (laughs) And, uh, you know, do you think that the the sales figures so far are, are fair? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I believe they're fair. I think they're, they're in line with, with certainly my expectations. Mm. I, I, I truly believe Resident Evil 4 Remake is a, not only a culmination of Capcom's efforts in the RE engine, but a culmination of remake storytelling. Like, yes. Even if, we, if we go back on that first point... It, Specifically with the RE engine, that you know they debuted this engine back on in what 2017 with RE7, yes. mm-hmm. and they've been tinkering, they've been tinkering different game game mechanics. You got, if you look back at Village, I mean, I was playing Village and I was like, man, this is this is this is a beta test for Resident Evil 4 remake. Yeah, a lot of people yeah. felt that way for sure. And I playing Resident Evil 4 remake, I feel like that. It's a beta test for Resident Evil Five Remake. So, it's, but but ultimately, but ultimately, it's a it, the reason why it's so successful is because people have been following following the RE engine. They've been following Resident Evil Remake as it's gone along. One, two, three. Obviously, three. There's a bit of a bit of a a, a bump in the road with Resident Evil Three, but um, this truly is this truly is the, probably the best it's ever going to get. It's an interesting, wasn't it? Because to be fair, you know, RE3, whatever you might think about it one way or the other, people are passionate about their 
uh, their side of the argument about it. Mm. So you're right, like people are paying attention to this era of Resident Evil, the RE Engine era, and that sort of through line that we've had through two, three, and four. Yeah, it, it does make you wonder, you know, in terms of not necessarily the games they're going to put, but sort of like the trend. Is the bubble going to burst with the remakes or are they just going to keep bumping them out and they're going to get bigger and bigger and bigger every time? Hard to say, really. Hard to say. There's definitely a conversation to be had in terms of what remakes are coming, if any. I just don't know where they're going from here now. I know There's this a- is this is probably outside of the scope of the of the podcast, but I just don't now that they've done Resident Evil Four, we always mm. thought Resident Evil Four was coming. Mm. They've they've concluded the winter storyline, which I think is absolutely the right thing to do with Shadows of Rose. I, I didn't think it merited another res- mainline Resident Evil game. Mm. Do they go and do a resi- another original Resident Evil game, or do they get once again lean back to the past? And retcon what they've already done, in the hopes that, that the that the time in between that they've learned enough to then create a better game. I think uh, if that's four possible. million four million sales kind of tells me what they're going to do. Yes, <laughs> I think uh, the temptation of just looking at titles that people are familiar with and remaking them that makes it sound like I'm downplaying it, but like it just no. it seems like an easy goal, doesn't it? At this point, to yeah. just keep kicking these things in um, because yeah. There's a mix of nostalgia and ex- new excitement for all of them, really. So, well, yeah, let, beyond that, though, certainly a web of what could happen. Let's uh, let's move the conversation on to our next bit of news. It's pretty much interlinked anyway. What we're discussing. Cool. Uh, our second news story is that the Capcom developers themselves are implying that there is now a separate remake continuity. Um, and it, to, to add my little two cents to this, it, to my thoughts. If, we, if they're going to go wholesale with this, make it its own separate thing, uh, go back now. We need to go back and you know commit commit a sin and uh, remake RE One yet again. You know, <laughs> cement oh, that. Oh boy. Yeah. Controversial, controversial takes well, about. Yeah, everyone keeps uh, saying RE Five or CV and like nah, Spencer Mansion, bro. Just Spencer Mansion. Just to add a, a, at least a little bit more context to this, um, this news originally came from, as far as I saw it, um, our friends over at the Resident Evil podcast, and also Resident Evil Wiki um, was a is a sort of screen cap from a Japanese interview, but essentially translated Hirabayashi and Ampo referring to the recent remakes as their own continuity. And obviously, throughout our years on the show, we've talked about the timeline you know canon i famously have gotten up in arms a few times about such silly things um but it is interesting to see them talk about this and yeah you have to wonder if they've said this now specifically not necessarily to deflect from some issues in how re4 are sort of lines up with stuff let let alone re2 are and re3 are but also because they know full well that whatever they're doing next is also going to have some perhaps even more so major divergence um Kelsey, you're all about RE1 remake, remake, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been, I've kind of had a gut feeling that it's always going to be coming. I don't think we're going to see the end of the RE engine without an RE1 remake. As mm. far as the like, the law stuff goes, like, you know, I, I'm just as precious about it to a point. I think with the remakes, at no point did it ever bother me that they conflicted with any games that weren't remakes because I just kind of accepted it. I accepted them as different things already. So them coming along yeah. and saying this just kind of confirms what I already assumed anyway. And But at the same time, it also didn't really matter too much to me. I mean, 
you know, the other games are still there. We've talked about this over and over. It doesn't ruin anything for me. Some people I know are super, super protective, which is fine. I get it. But them saying this, yeah, it's like, yeah, we've got our RE Engine universe. That's because there's more games coming. And I think the very fact that we've had such success with the other remakes and like I mentioned with people streaming them and playing them, there are people, and this is not me just saying it for fun. Like I know many people who really enjoy Resident Evil but cannot play the original games. They just cannot because they can't get on board with mm. tank controls. They can't get on board with the with the fixed camera and stuff like that. But they love Remake 2. They love Village. They love Resident Evil 7. They love Remake 3 and they love RE4. And if a Resident Evil 1 remake comes out tomorrow, they'll be first in line. And, and I'll be buying it as well. I'm happy to take another remake. Um, yeah, bring it on. <laughs> Steve, how do you feel about sort of this in terms of the continuity and the timeline stuff? Um, are you in the same boat that is? Oh, does I, it matter that much, or is it like a really good thing? How do you feel about it? I mean, I've always been of the opinion that the the games themselves are like a what's the an unreliable narration of the events that happen, and yeah. that, you know you generally have to take into account of like you know player actions and where players go because you can't. You can't, for example, resolve RE1 in a canonical way. You can't resolve RE2 in a canonical way. RE3, Nikolai could live, he could die, but then he's got a note in Survivor, so on, yada, yada, yada. So uh, the, the fact that these remakes have almost had their own solid continuity amongst themselves, at least, if they can keep bolting onto that, you know, exceptions with, like, a tyrant in RE2, you know, I, I think it's the, it's the way to go to make its own stamp on things. If there's stuff that could be incongruous between them all, like, for example, the CGI movies being canon to both, it's fine. I, right. At the end of the day, I'm one of these people who have to change something. It's, I'll just see it as another alternate universe. To me, there is an airsoft gun law universe because so much of it is nonsense <laughs> and not referenced to <laughs> anywhere else. Sorry, they might have to believe that. Like, there's, there's that much nonsense law from random bits of games that people get so precious about. And like, why? Just, just it's a spoke of some <laughs> random thing. Okay, it, yeah. the important stuff matters in like development of story, not like, oh yeah, it turns out they made this one kind of cheese on Rockford Island, and it's this day. <laughs> like, I do not give two flying things about yeah. that. One <laughs> iota. Just make an interesting story with lots of monsters and characters. I like shooting stuff. I'm simple that way. Yeah, I mean, I could get sort of, uh, you know, in my core about dates and stuff, but. The, no, no, the no, stuff no, that's great. I like stories. No, no, but <laughs> the thing, but to, to your point, the start, it wasn't ever really that bad, but RE4R just kind of like having a chance to do something with Operation Javier and then just sort of completely changing it is really weird. But now if they kind of go in this direction, it's not so bad. I can't take as much of an issue with it because, you know, Operation mm-hmm. Javier is a slightly different thing in this continuity or whatever. Mm-hmm. Obviously, one of the big questions is Resident Evil 9 and even 7 and 8 sort of what quote-unquote timeline continuity do they take place in? Do they take place in all of them? It'd be nice to get a really strong answer. Personally, for me, the way that I visualise it, if ever, you know, people might not necessarily understand this reference, but when the Zelda timeline came out in Hyrule Historia, and we have the split timeline, I kind of visualise it in reverse, where you've got your remake games and you've also got your originals that are the same, and then at some point, they do have to get to that point where they just meet in the middle. Whatever happened before doesn't get re, re, you know specifically referenced but seven and eight probably are both part of both maybe i don't know i guess that's the funny out. part isn't it because seven and eight are still divisive even now but if they're mm. the most concrete still concerned canon canon to everything be it remake timeline or classic timeline 
you know, G1, if you will. Uh, yeah, I think that's beautiful, really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so do I. And they are separated enough where it absolutely could work that they would fit with both. Uh, Andy, how do you feel about the, the continuity thing? Do you care about this kind of minutia or is it just us super nerds? <laughs> yeah, I mean... Not really, to be honest. <laughs> no, the way I see it, they've kind of both got their their strengths and their weaknesses. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, especially with regard to you look at Resident Evil Two uh, remake. This might be a slight digression. I appreciate, uh, but I I believe the whole point of the remakes they they're there to overwrite the need to go back and play the original. It's like the basic foundations of doing a remake. Resident Evil 1 remake, definitely don't really need to go back and, and play the original unless it's out of pure nostalgia, in my opinion. Resident Evil 2, I don't believe that's the case. I still think there's merit in going back and playing the original over what they did in the remake just because of th- some of the lore choices and the creative choices that they did do. I don't think Claire and Leon met nearly as enough as I wanted them to. Right. Um, it, it was almost like they were exclusively talking through memos, mm-hmm. um, which I feel like they could have could have done better. Um Obviously, three remake. Every, I'm not, there's no point in retreading old ground. I'm sure everybody has their own opinion about the three remake, but four remake, I, I, I think, is very similar to one remake in that regard. That there yeah. is very little reason to go back and play the original. Um, yeah, that's fair. But yeah, in terms of like how the laws kind of intertwine and everything like that, I, I, I especially with the or, original later titles, I, I take your point, side that there has to be a there has to be a, a kind of a breaking point, really, that they just go, right, mm. they're, they're in both universes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. If they do it, though, they really need to make, like, a big leap. There needs to be something dramatic that changes to make, to differentiate these. Like, so far, Leon and Claire both still go to Raccoon City, both escape. Jill still fights a nemesis and gets the hell out of there. You know, something to completely break the continuities uh, uh, apart from one another. I think that's what we need right now. Right. Well, in that case, I'm going to close the news off with one little thing that I will say then. If Resident Evil 5 Remake is happening, Wesker is probably going to live at the end. Agreed. Agreed. 100%. There That's is, absolutely uh, what all of this is about, isn't it? 100%. Yeah. There was, it, was a, it, it was a huge call them making that decision in 2000 and what was it 2009 2009, yeah huge call i still i still thought there was so much mileage left in the character um it it made sense obviously it's kind of closure to the to the chris versus wesker um conflict i guess you i guess you could say but Mm. I, i always feel like resident evil is chris versus wesker it always has been chris versus wesker and for them to cap that story line off so early well, I suppose it wasn't so early, was it? Because it was like, I mean, how long was this? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I suppose looking whatever, back, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, 100%, they're going to want to get as much mileage out of Wesker as possible. He mm-hmm. does not perish in Resident Evil 5 Remake. Chris All will. Right, well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's yeah, do in that. Yeah, events. And then Jill will avenge his death. Yeah. Mm. Well, there you go. What a way to close it out. Right, so let's move on to our main subject of this episode, which is the mercenaries. And now, reading the file, Foreman's Log from Resident Evil 4 2023, Ignotus Sum. October 11th. Today was the worst day of my life. It's my daughter's fifth birthday, but here I am, stuck, on a manji boat heading out to some backcountry dump. If it weren't for the pain... No one would be willing to work out in the middle of nowhere. 
October 19th. Those in the castle are always reminding us to take care during the excavation, but a few workers collapsed after inhaling some dust. There is something going on here that they are not telling us. There are too many secrets. I have started coughing too. I should sleep. October 26th. Something's really wrong with me. I threw up blood three more times today, and I'm so weak I can barely move. I never should have come here. I came for the money, but instead I am the one paying the price. I'm a terrible father. I'm so sorry, sweetheart. You deserve better. October. Since morning, head don't work. Why? More blood threw up. Many insects crawling. I hear a voice. A fine day to work. Digging brings me so much joy. I am full of happiness. I offer it all to you, everything for you, Lord Sadler. Seems like we can't stop talking about Resident Evil 4 Remake, so here we are following up our Resident Evil 4 Remake podcast with a Resident Evil 4 Remake podcast, but it was inevitable, um, as we knew the game wasn't launching with Mercenaries, um, but as we mentioned previously, it's uh, quite a nice surprise that it came so soon as well, what, like... Was it a week? Maybe two weeks yeah, after the game came out? It was really, really <laughs> super fast. It was weirdly fast, wasn't it? But yeah. um, nevertheless, it means that we get to talk about it now as its own little thing. I guess the first question, because, so, <laughs> a bit behind the curtain, maybe. Obviously, we do our little wish list episodes on YouTube now. Uh, and we did one for Resident Evil 4 Remake. And we decided, let's not talk about Mercenaries, because we'll do our own episode on it. Mercenaries came about so fast that we didn't even get a chance to do that. Uh, <laughs> so we didn't really get to talk about our expectations, hopes, dreams, and whatever. Um, so I guess the sort of main opening question, Steve, what are your expectations for RE4's Mercenaries and did it match them? Because I come to you specifically because a while back, a few years now, we did a video on what you would do to improve Resident Evil 4 and you definitely touched on the Mercenaries. So uh, it seemed like a good place to start with you. Okay, so at the gate, we're missing a few characters, uh, but we, we know that, you know, that's generally how it's going to be. But, uh, yeah, the fact that Lewis is here, uh, uh, Lewis on their own, and they seem to be mimicking my entire, like, spiel. I feel like Capcom watched my video and stole my ideas. Where's my royalty? No, no I'm kidding. I, I like Johnny fact- Capcom. Yeah, I, no, I, I, I am glad that what is here in its present shape and form feels comparable to the original. Like, you know, yeah. we, we are basically mm. one map short and uh, one one Ada and Wesker, but we've gained a Luis, and everyone's got super modes, and uh, it's a bit more dynamic than the original version of Mercenaries. I, I feel like th- there's still a lot of ground to cover, but what, what my expectations have been met for its current form, although I, I'm currently under the impression that more is coming. Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, I mean, I think I can say with some certainty, especially when you look at Village and it had DLC launched way after the fact because they weren't intending on making it, but the game was a success. I think they knew there was going to be a success. So there's obviously more to come. And if there wasn't, there's going to be more to come. Uh, In terms of what we started out with, though, 
Kelsey, how you feel about mercenary sort of launch setup? Mm, my my expectations were low, to be honest. I think villages mercenaries left a bit of a sour taste in my mouth for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, because when it launched, as we know, it was just the mercenary and not mercenaries, <laughs> so that was annoying. Um, I wasn't crazy about the way it worked. I had some fun with it, but then when they brought more content to it, you paid to buy the new content and then you still had to unlock it. So I didn't get to use all the new content and I still haven't. I've mm. still never played as Lady D on the Village Mercenaries. <laughs> so yeah, and then the original RE4, like, yeah, it was fun, but again, I didn't play it a great deal. Um, I remember playing as Hunk a lot and ironic, that's going to tie into something I'm going to say later as well. Um, but the what's funny is I actually have played the DS Mercenaries infinitely more than either the original re4 mercenaries or Mm. the um village mercenaries that game i loved and had a lot of fun with that you know as the package that that gave so yeah my expectations were pretty low i was like oh yeah mercenaries that's cool that'll be fun but then kind of going into it i mean the fact it came just a week later is weird i do not understand that at all i mean we all know why they left the microtransactions out for a week that's so they wouldn't be in the reviews but why leave mercenaries out you know it's really really weird um but when it did arrive, I, yeah, it surpassed my expectations. And not just because they were low. I've been really impressed with this Mercenaries mode and, and nice. the stuff that we have. Uh, Andy, what were your expectations for Mercenaries? Did it match them? Mixed. I would say mixed. Definitely, definitely mixed. Enjoyable game mode. We'll start off by prefacing that it is an extremely enjoyable game mode in line with Resident Evil 4 Remake. I just felt like, and it's and it's one that, you know, as I've been streaming and whatnot, nobody ever talks about, and that is the Resident Evil 4 VR mercenaries. <laughs> which which almost came out of came out of left field. I did not expect them to drop a mercenary mode. Yeah. And that's that fair. mercenary mode is so in depth. You've got the mm. you've got all of the characters, obviously bar bar Luis, because it is still based on the original. You've got all the characters, you've got this you've got the original mode, you've got almost a challenge mode it's it's the most bizarre thing ever but the implementation of that challenge mode i I was really hoping would be in in re4 re4 mercenaries i just feel like it came two weeks after the game you know we could we could discuss why it it only come two weeks after the game why wasn't it just why didn't they just you know, crunch harder and get it into the game or or, i I don't know it just doesn't seem like enough time as you said earlier there doesn't seem to have been enough time. It didn't come out like six months later or three yeah. months later, two weeks later. How, how how did they not have that ready anyway? And yeah, having having one of the maps missing, which obviously points points to an, a certain inevitability that we probably mm. won't talk about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I sort of land on a similar thing really where I was kind of hoping for a little bit more to do as you say, like a challenge mm. mode thing. It's a great, really great point. It's just something like that. I will say that I think I said about the Village one that I actually quite enjoyed it uh, because I liked Village's gameplay quite a lot. I haven't really gone back to it too much. That being said, when the new characters came, I just loved how goofy it got. So I was hoping we had a bit of that in here, and we do with the Mayhem mode, which obviously we'll go through. We're going to talk about every character. So I'm glad... Steve, as you said, they've all got their own sort of superpower. 
Um, because that is something that we talked a bit about. <laughs> this game is probably going to come up a few times in this episode, rather unfortunately. That's something we talked about that was kind of favourable about RE-verse and maybe what we would like to see out, out of it more so. It's sort of mm. more personalised characters. And RE4's Mercenaries sort of classic version always had that because they've all got their own loadouts. And especially someone like Hunk and especially Krauser feel very individual. So the fact they've got even more now by having like their own superpowers and stuff is... Is pretty cool, um, but yeah, it does feel a little bit like there's a lot more potential there. But we'll we'll get into that certainly. So yeah, let's start talking about each character, I guess, and our experience with that character. Um, Kelsey, let's start with Leon. How did you feel about going in with? Uh, well, to be fair, I guess also a question related to Leon. Did you feel kind of sort of let down by the fact you had to unlock characters this time around as well? And how did you feel about playing as Leon? Well, I, not this time about unlocking because, you know, the um, so the update was free. Mercenaries was free and it, you know, it arrived and I, I could see that there was a character to unlock and it's not something that I paid for and was expecting a load of new content, you know. It's sure. kind of, I, I bought the game and it's just like, I feel like I don't really have a right to complain too much about what I'm not getting. But anyway, so that didn't really bother me. And... I, as someone who wasn't necessarily like, oh, I can't wait to play as Hunk or something like that, it just mm. didn't bother me. So I, I saw that there was a few there. I was like, okay, great. I assume they'll just unlock as I play. And then started with Leon. And I think instantly, um, it's funny because I haven't played, a, I, I, I've played as every character and ranked on, on every map, but Leon is definitely one of the second ones that I've played with the least. But starting with Leon, I was just... As someone who prefers the horror of Resident Evil and going into mercenary mercenaries mode, knowing okay, it's it's not really horror; it's just you know shooty shooty fun stuff. I was I was just kind of blown away at how tense the whole thing was, and I loved that he had lots of different weapons to choose from. But I was playing it, and instantly even though my expectations were low, was having so much fun. And being able to switch around weapons with Leon is a big part of that. As the first time I hit the mayhem mode, I was just kind of like, it's like being on a roller coaster, you know, you're sort of going up and down and running <laughs> around the village. And then you hit that and then you're suddenly dropping down a huge thing and firing at like 100 miles an hour. And yeah, I think I was just smiling and absolutely having a blast. Um, as soon, I mean, I'll get to it with the other characters. I've used him less because... I think once you find your once you find your skill the thing that works to your skill set in mercenaries that's it you kind of can't really go anywhere else like when I see people s plus plusing with everybody else I'm just like I don't know how they're doing it because I need something that plays to my strengths and I definitely found it with one of the characters and it was not Leon it uh, definitely <laughs> wasn't Luis either, <laughs> which blows me away, Sai, because I think you did amazing with him straight away. <laughs> but we'll get to that. Um, yeah, I think Leon is a great introduction. He has, you know, a varied weapon loadout. Um, he's a bit sluggish. You know, that's the sort of thing, maybe potentially, that's, there's this because I'm playing on Xbox and there is this issue with the, the dead zone on Xbox. And I wonder if that makes... Um, that plays into playing mercenaries. You can't mm. strafe as, as quickly as I thought as they'd like patch it. that. Hey, not, not to interrupt, have they? but I th- yeah, at least I, was, I have had a significantly better time of recent. I mean, I haven't played as Leon f- for, you know, I guess a, a week now or a few days. I've just been playing as somebody else. So, um, 
yeah uh maybe it was that but i just felt felt when i first started re4 it felt a bit sluggish and maybe that carried over a bit to the mercenaries i touched on the main podcast sorry i'm rambling now but just how the movement and lack of dodge was a big issue for me i just think if there was a dodge in this mercenaries mode you know i'd be flying with a character like Leon. <laughs> but <laughs> you know i almost um, feel like it would make it You'd be too overpowered, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's fine. You know, he's... he's. Uh, I don't want to call him generic, but yeah, he's the all-rounder, I right. suppose. Yeah. yeah, I think that is kind of... Generic is kind of a harsh word, but I get what you're yeah. saying, though, because he is just sort of meant to be your baseline character. Um, so in that sense, when you compare him to everyone else does feel a little bit boring. Like, he's got three <laughs> yeah. guns, but you're kind of like, yeah, but it's not really that exciting compared to some of the other weird gimmicky stuff. And even his mayhem mode, which is cool, it increased attack power and movement speed. That, compared to the other ones, is, is kind of like, eh, it's all right. <laughs> it's not yeah. my favourite either, particularly. <laughs> uh, Andy, how did you get on with playing as Leon? Substantially better than the original. Substantially better. <laughs> okay. I always felt it was so daunting. Like whenever I started a new, like I completed Resident Evil 4 on the million consoles it ended up being on. Yep. Um, I always <laughs> felt like when I jumped in as Leon, I was like, oh man, this is going to be a really tough couple of hours just trying to get the 60K or whatever it is or 50K to get to unlock all the other characters. But that mayhem mode's changed everything. It really, really has. It's It's made... Playing as Leon, so fun. So fun. Mm. I know specifically with Leon of that, and it's because it's sort of everybody's first experience with the mode, but I did go from sort of like immediately sitting upright, kind of yelping with panic because all the enemies are suddenly... And you don't see where... Because we're concentrating on shooting certain ones, you don't see where all the rest of them have come from. You turn around and there's like a dozen new, and you're like, oh, goodness. But yeah, when you hit mayhem mode for the first time when you when you play Mercenaries, those sort of like yelps of surprise and panic become sort of <laughs> some sort of twisted elation where you're like, ha, 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 and mowing everyone down. <laughs> uh, Steve, how did you get on with uh, Mr. S. Kennedy? Uh, well, it's, it's like Kelsey really said. Like he feels, uh, you know, protagonist man is now here to fight. <laughs> Terry Blanchard. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as your your Shotto character in Street Fighter terms, he's very generic <laughs> in the the best possible way because he's literally got like you know he's got the most weapons, and his skill is literally just being better with those weapons and moving faster. But the mm. the feeling of when you hit it is also like you know I'm pretty sure BFG G, uh, BFG division kicks in at least mentally because the shotgun's <laughs> just like churning through people, um, yeah. so that equalizes him to make him a lot more interesting than his original counterpart. Certainly, uh, I, I the only thing is if like the, my mind keeps going to if they do a mercenaries game, is is Leon's ability going to just be I am the normal but faster because it, it feels very not a, not a character trait of Leon, if you know what I mean. Just very, it's okay uh, to play as. Literally, a great experience to translate from the original game, from you know playing the main game, which is fairly stressful, yeah. to this. It's a great introduction, but it doesn't feel like anyone's. No one's going to turn around and say my favorite is Leon because he plays exactly the same as he does in the main game. <laughs> you know, his quirk is he has more guns than everyone else and he shoots faster. It's not not the most exciting. It's just it's fun, but okay. Yeah, it's funny actually because um, it reminds me a little bit of Reverse in the sense that his ability is just get a second gun, <laughs> which is fine. 
just means he's more attack power and he's shooting faster. So it's kind of similar. So maybe that is. I mean, his special move in Ari versus a kick. <laughs> well, yeah, which is just to get to standard. So yeah, it did it did make me think of that kind of in a, in a funny way. But there you go. Uh, but yeah, he is sort of standard utilitary. Yeah, utilitary well, character. So I, I guess that works. To, to phrase it, okay, chicken tikka masala is fine, but we can go better. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, so let's get into the probably I would imagine the most divisive character. Uh, the brand new character, so in a way, the most exciting character. As Steve, you said playing as Luis was something that probably. Well, I mean, it's the most obvious missing element from the original RE4, isn't it? Really. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Andy, how did you get on with uh, Mr. Luis Serra Navarro? I thought it was brilliant. Um, again, a, a welcomed addition. The the mm. I, I was, you know, posting up to the lead up to mercenaries like. Why wasn't Lewis ever included in the original? It just seemed like such an obvious char- character. But we are where we are. Um, yeah. I loved the mayhem mode. The whole invulnerability and the dynamite. Oh, it was glorious. It was absolutely glorious. Just destroys bosses like anything. Um, yeah. R- really fun to use. But again, just just uh, retorting some of the points earlier about just being sluggish. I can I can definitely feel that. He, I, yeah, he's definitely the most like that, I think. And obviously that's intentional because his melee takes forever to come out and it's not particularly powerful, though it does have a bit of a range on it. Um, but yeah, so he does, I feel like he's the most sluggish being the absolute word, um, especially because his uh, weaponry also feels kind of slow to come out as well. He's got the, the sort of janky sniper rifle that needs uh the lever action every single time and the red nine, which has sort of gone from being like the sacred handgun of resident evil four to being something that some people love and some people hate in the remake. And, uh, I was watching James, uh, who sadly can join us for this podcast, play mercenaries in our discord server. And he just did not get on with Luis at all. And I'll tell you what the reason is, Kelsey, this might explain my absurd score that I got mm. right out of the gate is that I didn't use a laser sight at all in the campaign. Not once. So I guess I was just used to it, whereas James was just like, I just can't aim without one now. (laughs) So I guess maybe that's, I don't know, it was just luck, but it's gone. I I put the game down for a week and come back to it sort of last night. It's gone tragically downhill uh, with me and Luis. We had a good thing to begin with, but it's (laughs) it's not so great now. But it's all about timing those dynamites, baby. You can get three of them out if you're really good as part of one mayhem mode. And it's it's absurd what you can do with it, what you can get away with it. Just as you said, Andy, takes out bosses instantly, some of them, which is especially funny when you put one down and you don't know it's there. Like taking out the chainsaw Ganado before you even realise he's about is really, really good. <laughs> Steve, how did you feel about Luis? Did he live up to your hopes and dreams? Yes and no. Like, you know, <laughs> it's it's nice to finally get the Red Nine and the Vintage Sniper in Mercenaries, but both yeah. don't have the punch they used to. Uh, yeah. you know, so 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 Daddy's a bit gutted. But the fact that Don Quixote <laughs> can pull out his spear and then use it like a baseball bat is hilarious. Yes. Um, there's that meme of you call dynamite throwing a martial art and then there's just a picture of Luis over it. It's amazing because my general strategy <laughs> is when mayhem mode, it just gets saved when bosses turn up and then I just chuck a dynamite stick at my feet and blast it and laugh. Like, <laughs> I'm not getting the best skills. I don't think he's like going to be... He's, he feels like the most tricky character to use because his guns take half a year to reload. Um, mm-hmm. yes, but, yes. but his actual action skill equalizes it a fair bit because he literally can just dominate with it, and he has a nice, cute little shoulder check, which is uh, you know surprisingly wrestlingy. It's not 
not quite you know the levels of Josh in RE5, but you know, I'll take something like that. It's a bit more <laughs> unique to kicking someone or punching someone or stabbing someone. It's like you know a shoulder charge or lancing them, which is funny. In terms of that attack, actually, I'm glad you mentioned it because um, it does mention it does feel like to me in the spacing of it and the lead up and the effect, kind of like Carlos's straight punch from Remake Three. Mm, Very yeah. similar in that sort of clearing kind of way. Um, Kelsey, how did you feel about Luis, the connoisseur's pick? I feel. <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah, I am definitely not a connoisseur. I just, I could not. I remember when I, because I think I, I jumped on this game just before you, and so the first time I played as Luis, I, uh, I activated that mayhem mode. First, I realised I was using the red nine. I was like, oh god, here we go. Like, I can't use that weapon. I just cannot get on with it. <laughs> like, the reload is slow. I miss every single shot like i'll hit one out of nine and i just don't know what's going on and then i used the mayhem mode and i had just had no idea what was happening i was like i'm sure i can hear some dynamite <laughs> and it would just <laughs> blow up and i still didn't know what happened and then because i didn't read the you know descriptions of their what their bonuses are or anything i just i jumped straight in and then I got mayhem mode again. And then I was like, what is he doing? He's putting dynamite on the floor. I was like, right, okay. So I put one down and walked, ran away, waited for it to blow up. And then it blows up. I was like, okay, that's rubbish. So I put dynamite down and then I just got to wait for it to blow up and hope I don't get attacked. And then it wasn't until... So I was watching... Um, uh, I watched a Bok Basoop uh, video of um, getting S++ on, on Mercenaries. No shame. I just wanted to see how he did it. And then I watched him play as Luis and putting the dynamite down and shooting it and then down again and shooting it and, and putting down like six sticks of dynamite and shooting wow. it. Wow. Oh, right. Okay. So that's what you're supposed to do. So I went back, had another go. Nope, I just can't do it. Every time I'm putting the dynamite down, I'm then like struggling to aim with that red nine and shoot it. Or if I do shoot it, I just then take ages. And I, I don't know what it is. You know, sometimes like I like to think... I'm like not terrible at video games. My my scores on these mercenary modes are I have uh, S plus with Leon on everything. I have S plus and an S with Krauser. I have S plus plus with Hunk on everything. With Luis, I have like A, <laughs> C, and A. <laughs> and I just cannot. Amazing. I just ca I don't know what it is. And I think there is. I've tried to wire my brain. And I you know I love the character. Came away saying he's the he's the MVP of RE4. I still love him. But just, I don't know what it is. Like, <laughs> for this mode, I think for a mode where you have to... My strength, you know, I talked about strengths with Leon. You find your niche and then you can smash through it. My strength was Hunk, which I'm going to get to. And mm. you've got to be really good with that red nine, I think, to work uh, with Luis. And yeah, just could not do it. I, he still, you know, still has a special place in my heart. But I saw your <laughs> score. I think your first score, what it was over a million, right? You got S plus or S plus plus. I don't know. Yeah, and I remember coming away like just how, how, I, I can't do it. It's so funny, like, I, yeah, can't do it. Yeah, I think it, I, to be fair, what I will say about Luis's inclusion here, what I really, really love, because um, we're about to talk talk about two characters that, no, let's get out of the way, arguably are very broken. Um, <laughs> but Luis, like, his inclusion is really cool because he's kind of, he is a challenging character to use. Yeah, like it's some. It's about space. It's about timing. It's about luck. Like I've struggled with it as well. So I love that he sort of makes up this uh, selection of characters and adds his own uniqueness, his own sort of challenge to it. So 
Yeah, big fan of that. And now, reading the file Old Man's Journal from Resident Evil 4 2023, Jay from the Cold Takes podcast, who you can follow on Twitter at ColdNightGAMI1. Three years ago, my beloved daughter passed away shortly after giving birth to a son. Since then, the boy has grown considerably. He is a very curious child and has a true thirst for knowledge. He even tries to follow after me when I go out hunting. I can't take my eyes off him for a second. Whenever we walk in the forest, he always asks me to tell stories. He's very fond of Don Quixote. Although he's still small, the boy's smart and observant beyond his years. If he weren't stuck here, he might have become a scholar. I was a careless fool. I could have sworn I shot clean through the wolf's head, and yet it lunged at me. I was able to make it back to the cabin, but my wound is swollen and discolored. I cannot bear seeing the boy's worried eyes. My body moves on its own, and I can hear voices inside my head. Am I going mad? I can't die now and leave the boy behind. Dear God, please protect him. So yeah, let's talk about let's talk about Brogan. Let's talk about Krauser. Um, <laughs> Kelsey, how did you feel about yeah Krauser and his giant <laughs> arm of doom? Yeah, like it's ridiculous. And he initially was the character that I was getting all my high scores with because yeah, he's very overpowered. Um, I didn't know that you could you can kind of combo his melee attacks really well and and dart around quickly. I didn't discover that until, you know, much after a couple of hours of playing or whatever it was. But first time playing as him, I didn't really expect much. I just, you know, I just thought, okay, Krauser, cool. But then when you get to use the mayhem mode and he just transforms, it's like, I mentioned with Leon, it's like a roller coaster every time you're being surprised. Now, with Lewis, obviously, I just, I didn't know what was going on. But with then I moved on to Krauser and I was like, yes, we're back. Like, now there's something I can <laughs> use because you just stomp and swipe your way through. And he is a character that, I guess, if you're not going to do too well with the weaponry and the shooting, you can just have so much fun on Mercenaries because you can just slaughter, that. you can walk through and slaughter the mobs and... For someone who, like, I don't really have any big affinity towards Krauser as a character. You know, originally he showed up out of nowhere. No one knew who he was. I like the extra context we've got in the remake. Um, I quite like the performance as well. Playing as him here in Mercenaries has made me like, oh, I want to get like a Krauser tattoo or something. Like, you, you feel like <laughs> you feel like super bad. I'm not going to, but it just it it, it feels super badass playing as Krauser. And it wasn't until I think somebody on the Discord, it might have been uh, our buddy Green Man, mentioned, yeah, Krauser's a bit overpowered, isn't he? And I was like, oh, maybe I thought I was doing quite well at Mercenaries with Krauser, but it turns out, yeah, he's just um, he's he just is a good way to slaughter everyone. So. He's good fun. I mean, you know, visually, it's awesome to just play. I think thinking about, you've mentioned Reverse a couple of times, Sai, and, you know, my heart is still broken. The opportunities we had to have fun with the BOWs, it was little glimpses we got there. And Krauser's mm-hmm. another example here, like actually playing as a BOW and, you know, uh, somebody that's got a, 
horrific transformation thanks to the virus or the the parasite could be a lot of fun and yeah maybe with some tweaking but really big fan of krauser despite the <laughs> the ridiculous broken nature of it i'm really glad that you said that last bit especially because I mentioned the fact that we were thinking about doing a wish list episode and I already had my ideas kind of roaming around my brain and I'm not going to save this for when we talk about the future of mercenaries because I don't think this is going to happen in the slightest but my pie in the sky dream for RE4 mercenaries was being able to play as BOWs being able to mm. play as Chainsaw Man being able to play as the Ganado uh, yeah. or the Garador rather I don't think that's going to happen but Krauser is at least that little insight into it as he's always kind of been yeah Krauser's loadouts you know as it was before um the the variation's great you've got the exploding bow um you've got the tmp in this time around <laughs> you it almost feels like it's intentional that you will run out of tmp ammo pretty damn quickly um it kind of works out that way which forces you to use the knife which then you realize oh i don't actually need any guns like i can just not like it makes sense because he's the knife man you can yeah. just and i've seen that uh, runs exist on mercenaries of just just melee runs for krauser and i can absolutely believe it because that knife does 90 percent of the work to be honest um andy how did you feel about krauser yeah i mean man's indestructible he really is (laughs) he almost feels like do you remember like on re5 mercenaries where wesky used to have that ridiculous dash Mm. yeah but the thing is with wesker's dash is it you could almost use it as a bit of a detriment to yourself because it takes health off. Mm. So when I was playing as Krauser, I was expecting, okay, right, I am absolutely turning everyone into Swiss cheese here, but what's the trade-off? But there just isn't. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> no, just just go ham, you know? Uh, but yeah, very, very enjoyable, very enjoyable. I love, it, it, it does, I mean, you could argue it's a bit of a, almost an easy mode character. But even though it's it's kind of a bit, you know, you have to unlock the stages to, to get there. But if you just want to go into mercenaries and just go ham, not have to worry about any implications whatsoever, yeah. jump in as Krauser. Yeah, this is the uh, take out your frustrations character, isn't it, really? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's the character that I got the highest ranks with, you know, across a board the quickest, easily. Uh, he's just absurd. Steve, how do you feel about uh, Krauser? Pretty much the same. Like he's the ultimate solvent. If you're having a salty day trying to do professional or something else, just play as Krauser for a bit of mercenaries, and you'll feel all right as rain because you are literally their boss fight. They have to survive you. You know, it, it, it's <laughs> it's insane. I mean, the original Krauser had literally the bow and flash grenades. Now he's got. The, the TMP and the knife of like kill everything. You know, you, you have two modes. You have slow, <laughs> slow sweeping stabs or quick jabs and dashing around and beating the crap out of them. The problem is, I get stuck into a rhythm when I play as Krauser. I just start just smacking people constantly and I run out of time. <laughs> like, if I don't actually like focus on killing mm. people, I'm just, I'm just beating the. I, don't, I have a mayhem mode I never use. Like, <laughs> I'm just too busy stabbing and stabbing. And it's, it's, it says a lot to my character, really, that I'm more content to just beat <laughs> things to death than shoot them or use the exploding bow. He literally feels like he doesn't need half the stuff he's got. He's that overpowered. Yeah. Uh, which is amazing, really. It's, he, he's going to get the hand cannon for anybody. Definitely. Every character should be as busted as him. If they're all going to be busted, you know, let it be this broken. Uh, goodness <laughs> me. I... I, I I wasn't expecting like anywhere near this level of deadly 
I, I, the original version of Krauser is the easy mode character in the original RE4 Mercenaries because he's got that one-shot lunging stab, which he still has. But now mm. he's got fast dodges and ducks and knife combos for days. It's, uh, yeah, they, someone's favourite character is Krauser at Capcom <laughs> HQ, and they, they proved it with this. Like, if, if he was in RE-verse, like, the meta's broken. Like, if he was in Resistance, the meta's broken. Wherever this man goes, he don't, I don't know why he had a need to get the plagger, because if he was this strong without it, like, man. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah, like, I think it speaks to mercenaries that we can have characters like this that are broken. He's, like, uh, I mean, we haven't gone to maps, but in... in I think every other character has like a sort of catch flaw, but uh, mm. he's solved like pretty much most of his problems. Like with 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 melee, let alone anything else. You can stun lock it. You can use the 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 claws to rip anything that's like mid tier apart in one shot, and then he's got explosives on top. It's uh, yeah, uh, solved game. <laughs> if Leon is the all rounder, Krauser is the all rounder plus plus plus. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so that brings us to our final character of the original selection, which of course is Hunk, uh, Mr. Death himself, with his um, unlimited ammunition mayhem mode, and of course the, the LE5, what else could it be other than that? Uh, Andy, how did you find playing as uh, the Grim Reaper again? Super pop when I saw the, the neck break return. Yes! Huge pop yes. for that. Um, yeah, no, I mean... Out of probably all of them, the one of the only characters that is pretty much like the orig- the original incarnation, obviously minus the mayhem mode. Um, yeah, just it was it was a great time. Activating that mayhem mode was beautiful. Just watching everybody melt like that scene in Rambo, <laughs> it really is, Rambo it? Four. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was absolutely glorious, absolutely glorious. Uh, great, to, great to see Mister Death. Um, I'm pretty sure it was uh, the what, what's the what's the soundtrack called? Is it Lumin Dread? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, made a return, which was quite nice. Um, yes, actually, we'll talk about music after this because I realised I didn't put that in the show notes, but we def- definitely need to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Brilliant stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, it's it's a rare. I don't think I've had any other occasion, and it might just be because I haven't used the sort of infinite whatever here and there uh, weapons. But I've not had an occasion in the RE engine where I can just hold down the fire button and not give them monkeys, which I really, really like. Uh, Steve, how did you find Hunk? Uh, pretty much the same as everybody else. Like, you know, ah, oh, yeah, this is fun. Oh, God, we're snapping necks. Ah, there's a boss. Uh, mayhem <laughs> mode. Again, the Doom music kicks in. And all of a sudden, everyone in the village dies. Everyone in the island dies. Everyone in the castle dies. It's just, oh, it's, it's good because Honk literally lives up to the reputation every time. And I like the fact that his moveset now, like uh, his physical moves. Uh, I, I know he's got the neck break, which is, of course, iconic. But he's, uh, he's, he's got his little stab knife thing from uh, the 3DS game has been added as his, like, his uh, suplex era kill. I don't know what else you want to call it. Uh, mm. I think also was in uh, Revelations 2. So he's got references to his other versions. Uh, mm. it's, I kind of wish there was more, like, some kind of sound effect for him, though, or one-liners, because Leon gets his, like, you know, huh, one down and so on, but no one else does, and Honk seems like the perfect character for it. Like, Tango Neutralized, or something, you know, right. scary and Grim Reapery. Uh, but the to play as, uh, incredibly satisfying, and uh, yeah, worthy of the name Grim Reaper, because that man enters a stage, and nine times out of ten, you're doing the whole the whole 150 Ganados. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, and uh, as you quite rightly said, 
the bosses are nothing. Yeah, like as long as if you stun them, they're dead. He can't snap. <laughs> he can't neck snap a Garador, but everything else. <laughs> oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, it's ridiculous to be honest. Uh, utterly, utterly ridiculous. Kelsey, uh, how did you feel about Hunk? You've already said he's your favourite character. So, as they say, yeah. go off, sis. Yeah, <laughs> I think to be honest, I think Steve, you just said something there, which is so like apropos, is where you said hunk he's always living up to his reputation i can't think of a single resident evil hunk appearance where anybody thought oh that was a bit lackluster or rubbish he's just so yeah he's main he's persisted and sustained his iconic you know nature for 25 years when was yeah resident evil 2 25 years Mm. and here in the remake it's I mean, for a start, it's nice to play as Hunk and a- be able to actually shoot because, you know, I'm used to doing, um, you know, fourth survivor runs where you're generally not attacking much. You're just kind of yeah. trying to savor your ammo and run past everything and stuff like that. Playing as, a- as him in reverse, you know, we got the little taste of pot- potentially good stuff, as we've said in the past. And it was nice to use Hunk there. But here it's like... It- a throwback obviously to the original mercenaries and it's yeah full-blown hunk so much fun i here's the character that i've s plus plus everything with but I, what i want to say is you know you guys are sort of all make it sound like oh yeah you could just mow down everybody like i'm not gonna say i did i didn't do it like first time or anything it took me a few tries and mm. some practice particularly i think i think i really struggled with that s plus plus on the castle i just kept finding moments where my comp because i think with hunk if you want to get s plus plus i don't think you can break your combo i think yeah you have to get all 150 enemies and so you know that's kind of challenging in itself and i was really committed uh had so much fun with him um the neck break uh, which andy mentioned of course i think i cheered a little bit to myself uh when i first did that and yeah just absolutely love playing as him um Steve's right we could have done with some some sassy one-liners or something I think that would have been the icing on the cake um what else is there to say I mean he's got jazz hands one other yeah (laughs) he does one other thing I will say is you know I mentioned it's maybe not as easy as you guys are making it sound like there's not many games honestly that make me rage you know this idea of rage quitting and stuff like it's not something I've ever really done. Maybe with a couple of games. One of them is Crash Bandicoot, by the way. Like, I don't know if anybody's <laughs> played that in recent years. That yeah, game that's fair. A- I get that. It's absolutely toxic. Um, I will turn that off <laughs> because, uh, yeah, <laughs> I've just become a horrible person. Uh, pl- playing as Hunk, trying to get that 150 combo, I definitely had a couple of situations where one of those enemies would just grab me out of nowhere and you know this is what i mentioned about the lack of a dodge and stuff like that and i'd be so on a roll and that combo would start flashing i'd be ready to take out somebody in front of me and then i would just get grabbed from behind and i think because i played with hunk as the most that it's just happened a lot with him yeah and yeah i uh i won't say the words but a lot of the worst four-letter words you can think got screamed <laughs> at my tv multiple times um but <laughs> A lot of fun, yeah. I'd, I I can't believe. I know we're sort of wrapping up characters. Like, 
how much fun I've had with Mercenaries mode. Um, I mentioned at the start, I played a lot of that DS game. I love that DS game. It's so easy to pick up and play uh, and challenge yourself. And I think the package you got there of all the characters was really good. We're going to get on to the future hopes for this. But yeah, I've, I think as if we want to call this a starting point, yeah, there's big smile on my face like i for this podcast like i've had i've made a few notes but i haven't had too much to say other than just such a blast (laughs) playing as it i mean what's what's there to criticize really about just going nuts with hunk and his infinite ammo like you said Sai, just hold down the trigger and mow everybody down uh yeah he's a good frustration you know a good way to to burn off the frustration as well as browser I love that you say about your notes because I didn't really, I thought, you know, it's going to be a really relaxed podcast and not a whole like loads of complex thing to say about mercenaries other than, yeah, right. You're right. It's just fun. My only, my only note for hunk is lol. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, but to be fair, to your point, I don't think I've lost the combo so much with hunk, but I have died because I've cared too much about it than anything else. Yeah. (laughs) Like you're so intent on keeping that combo going sometimes that uh, you can. you run out of ammo because all the ammo's at the other end of the map because you didn't pick yeah. it up. You know? And it doesn't... What Mercenaries does is, like, I think the starting point is always the same apart from, you know, the placement of the um, the timer, the timers and yes. the, the bonus mayhems. The starting enemies are the same, but then after that, it's kind of all bets are off. I don't think... You know, because if you're moving around and leading them around and you're not taking mm-hmm. them out, totally. you, you can't really have your run worked out. So there can be some surprises. And like I say, I was getting grabbed from behind, losing my combo and just screaming <laughs> up my TV. Yeah, This is um, an odd question, but do you think Hunk reloads a lot slower than everybody else? Or is just me? Like until he gets in for the ammo, obviously. He, he feels a Luis bit... Is the slowest, isn't he? <laughs> uh, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> no idea i'd have to compare you get a youtube going compare the reload speeds with he's uh, definitely slow Leon's he's LE5. definitely slow yeah it, it might be the weapon who knows but mm. uh yeah i mean he's not as broken as krauser absolutely and maybe that's a downside to it as well like his slow reload it feels like that's easy to interrupt certainly uh before we touch on maps a little bit i did say we talk about music um because it is certainly worth bringing up there's a couple of really some really cool stuff into this and also you know mercenaries original had its own sort of plethora of original tracks i say original they all came from piano 3 another gamecube game of course but this time around they are actually sort of original tracks um and you mentioned hunk's theme being sort of a reference to remake 2 did you also know it's a reference to the original re2 as well because it has that in the sort of theme music about a minute and a half in as well just tucked in there which is a really really nice touch uh, what did you think of the, the sort of new music in Mercenaries, Andy? Um, I, I don't think it's super stuck out to me, if, if in all honesty. But I suppose that's that that is Resident Evil Four remake all over, really. I don't think there's anything. You no, know, I agree with that. Yeah, there's nothing like that's you. You know, when you heard Serenity for the first time, or mm. you heard or, or, or like the typewriter theme or something like that. Like these are like iconic music. I don't think modern, and again, it's a very small digression. I don't think modern Resident Evil remakes have like iconic soundtracks by design. It's almost just like atmospheric gump, right? Which is okay, <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. It's the theme of the, mm. it's the theme of the remakes, and uh, that that does carry across to Mercenaries. Looming Dread was a bit of a, it's a bit of an anomaly, really. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. I'm sort of 50-50 on it myself, to be honest, because I really like that they did... 
I know we all got a little bit bored of it because, again, our reverse and it was like the one track in the entire game. Speak um, for yourself. <laughs> well, I never got bored of it. Well, there was danger of getting bored of it, at least. You know, it's like, you know, you're kind of watering down how good this is, but... It is good that it's here, and I didn't notice the RE2 original thing until I got, it got pointed out to me, which is really cool. Um, what I also, the other one I really, really like that's worth shouting out is that uh, Leon's Mercenaries theme this time around is a big old reference to Resident Evil 2. It's kind of a remix of the sort of closing cutscene of the game with the train slowing down and them getting mm-hmm. out, uh, which is really, really neat. Uh, but I can't say I had much, you know, positive to say about the other two particularly. Like, I literally don't know it. I, can't think of Krausers at all. All I can hear is the like squishy noises of Ganado kneecaps exploding <laughs> due to the knife. I don't remember the music. <laughs> Steve, how did you feel about the the new tracks in Mercenaries? Uh, well, starting from the off, the the menu theme is uh, it, I don't think it's the Piano Three one entirely, but this one is clearly the one that's most referencing its original counterpart, yeah, you know, right. which was like just bassy strings, mm. uh, very much the same kind of deal. Uh, I thought it was nice to see that reference, and then yeah, like you said, Leon's being more of a Resident Evil Two themed thing. Like it's for Leon is a great touch. Mm. Uh, Luis is, is I'm not sure if it is the approach to the village like thing they use but it could have easily been the one they used for the bonus stage it, it feels like that kind of like genre of music yeah yeah uh, which which is fine you know uh, for, for for everyone's favorite ladies man with a monogram jacket it works Krausers <laughs> uh, just feels like generic terminator music right not gonna lie it's just generic terminator which is fine he is the bloody terminator in this game it's it's all right uh, and yeah, Hunks being a medley now as opposed to just Looming Dread because I am in the camp of it's been overused a fair bit. Sorry, Kels. <laughs> um, you know, I love the track, but I love the track so much, but less than Capcom does. Uh, <laughs> so it, it's glad that, you know, it's it's now got a new remix. Mm. Uh, yeah, now, honestly, I, I wish that much like, you know, Andy said, that the, the music of the remakes, while I can find it and enjoy it in a vacuum, a lot of the time becomes a bit wallpapery. So the fact that it's even here is nice. I, I still probably have a bit of nostalgia for the original stuff, but the fact that this is here, and especially Leon's being more of a emblematic to him tune, I think it's good. Yeah, you know, would I buy a separate soundtrack single CD? Probably not, but you know, it's 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 all right. <laughs> mm. uh, Kelsey, what did you make of the music, other than being like a looming dread fanboy? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I I largely agree. Like. And with what Andy said about the remake soundtracks, like it's not I'm not gonna say I disagree. Like what what I will say is there are there is basically like the odd track here and there across the remakes that I do think is superb, but then that's mm. kind of it and it doesn't it, it does it pales in comparison to the yeah, iconic nature of the originals. Uh said on the main show, I'm a big fan of the new Del Largo theme. I, and that I can listen to outside of the game. That's just incredible. Um but what I think just to add like this game has done the remake and mercenaries you know and which is present with hunk's music and stuff is i think more than any of the other remakes capcom dedicated a lot of time if it, it feels like they had a specific team where it was just their job to fit in some references and callbacks and throwbacks <laughs> because there's loads in the main game you know and and i'm not going to list them off but like off the top of my head just isn't there the big one of the way that Ashley sits on the barrel is like yeah. some key art or something like that. When yep. I see stuff like that, what that tells me is that the people who made this game cared about what they were doing. Um, mm. And Resident Evil has on occasion been in the hands of people that definitely don't care about what they're doing. Um, 
and I think so much love has gone into this game and whether you're you think Looming Dread is wearing thin on you or not I just think they've gone out of their way to try and please people as much as possible and not all of it's going to land some of it is going to be yeah like you say wear a bit thin but for me lots of it does land and I just like that the care has gone into like the, the idea to to cross for mercenaries mode in remake 4 for them to sit there and go oh, wouldn't it be cool if we combined hunk's original theme and his new theme like on paper that idea yeah, is kind of really mental cool. but they've done it yeah. and that's so cool that they've done it and it's taking risks and having fun and a lot of remake 4 is about having fun and yeah i like it and to just touch on you know the uh, the shooting range music and the remix of, of of the 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 Spanish music, like it's there's just things like that that crop up time and time again across Mercenaries and the main game that I just want to give props to the team. I feel like they had fun making this game, and yeah, it it shines through in lots of different ways. Mm. On the, the the barrel key art thing, you know, as we talked about the campaign for four hours and still didn't manage to say everything that we wanted to say. Because mm. that is a really cool reference, and there is loads of really cool references throughout this game that extend into Mercenaries, as you just said. Uh, thankfully, these kind of overshadow the terrible moment where Ashley says, Master of Unlocking. That's good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that reference can get in the bin. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> she just undid a bolt, and she's suddenly the Master of Unlocking. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's a little bit on the nose for me, I think. Um, let's... I thought it was cute they worked it into dialogue, as no, a way someone no, would no. say it. I'll take, okay. the, I'll take the Rev 2 one. That one works for me. That that one just yeah I don't know. Anyway, that's a that's a podcast for a few weeks ago. Let's talk finally <laughs> about maps that we've got here. Uh, we've obviously talked about it a little bit already. The village, the castle, and the island. Uh, what's everyone's favourites and least favourites? Andy, how did you feel about the map selection? Anything that stood out to you that you liked the most? I mean, obviously it was in line with the original, which is nice. Yeah. So they've 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 remade mercenaries very very similar which is nice um again i think if they're going to take this to the next level we're going to need more and i think we will get more um that they're going to want to milk resident evil 4 remake for as much as it's worth so more Mm. maps please more maps please um but the village the village is actually absolutely fantastic it's probably the favorite out of the the three that we've had it's the one that I go back to the most. Actually, I find myself playing that the most. It's just, uh, just perfectly built for mercenaries, isn't it? It's just a beautiful combination of a big, wide open space and then also lots of weaving stuff and going in and out of buildings and all those kind of things. Uh, yeah, it's 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 pretty up there. Steve, any personal highlights or lowlights on the map selection so far? Uh, put another penny in the swear jar. Okay. Um, <laughs> as someone who has had his absolute pushed in on professional difficulty, new game. Uh, and the village fight, specifically the opening village fight being one of the cruelest, hardest things in the entire game, in my opinion. Uh, it's nice that it's so goddamn easy in uh, in Mercenaries. <laughs> it's like, it's again, it's the perfect med- medication for that kind of stress, because you can just smash them left and right. I would actually argue it's a lot more stressful than its original counterpart as well, because obviously you can have multiple different kind of boss types 
this crossbow guys i swear tnt just comes from bloody nowhere on that stage <laughs> yeah um yeah i i, I think the, the the re-envisioned village fight if you will is uh, probably the you know as the opening stage it should be best foot forward it's the e, it's the e1 m1 of the whole thing mm. um but that's not to say that the other stages are slouches i would argue that they're all fun in their own right but the, the village is the one everyone's going to keep going back to yeah. to try out new stuff the you know, the water test level the acid test level rather Mm. I don't have any issue with any of them. To be fair, you're right. Like the castle is quite interesting um, in the way that they've, I mean, sort they've of... got fixed weapons, uh, which is yeah, unique to them. Fact, Each stage has its own unique thing. They've. I don't remember. Was the castle map in the original game basically this section as well, or was it a different part of the castle? Because uh, in in the original, yeah. there is like a extra internal area you couldn't get to before that leads up to the top battlements right. um, from another route whereas now they've removed the shack at the top and you yeah. have a cannon you can use so it's it's more remixed than its original counterpart significantly okay. um, and obviously there's turret guns you can use in the island which you never had yeah. in the original yeah and also I guess it's worth saying the island what's although I'd say the island is my least favourite of, of the three uh possibly because it's, it can be really, really challenging. Um, I love the fact they changed it from night to day. I just think it's a really cool touch. Mm. I love that. It reminds me of uh, booting up an old racing game and picking night or day. Uh, I like that <laughs> we get to see that. Uh, KDB, what's your take on the map so far? Yeah, I think Village is my favourite as well. Castle is my least favourite because it's definitely the one I struggled the longest to get my high scores on. Um, and it just feels like... like those the the enemies on the castle um like the zealots are kind of the most feeble but they can be the most kind of tricksy and they were the ones that were grabbing me and causing me a lot of stress um the i hate the shields so much as well um the little shields that they carry um gloria la plaga plaga. don't start um those, those guys you know i like that they so I guess they spawn depending on where you're stood at the time. Um, yeah, they, they can, can either, they can yeah. move around the map pretty quick as well, or rather yeah. they go teleport actually. But yeah, and they can um, like sometimes they spawn together, which is nice. You can get like a quick double kill on them. Um, uh, so I mean, I enjoyed them all. The the island, I just think aesthetically is just the least interesting, apart from like you said, side cool. switching to today. That's cool. Um, the village feels like the uh, to kind of quote Jordan as, as he likes to say like putting on a comfy pair of shoes you can jump in and play <laughs> mercenaries in the village and feel right at home um, yeah not too much to say really uh, castle I've played the most but only just because I failed it the most as well <laughs> fair that's fair uh, okay cool so let's wrap this up a little bit with our sort of future hopes and predictions for the mercenaries as we kind of alluded to I think we all think there's probably more content coming um, especially because there's content that was in the original that's not here like the um, what's it called the docks map um, and Asia and West Coast Waterworld is what the strategy guide called it which is very helpful it, Kevin it was, yeah, I remember that the Brady games the, uh, the few, what was it the Brady games strategy guide called it the Waterworld yes agreed what a, what a strange choice that was so basically what you're saying is Kevin Costa is coming to the mercenaries and unlockable character yeah. 10 foot bugger with a door bladed chainsaw <laughs> yeah that's a good point you've got to wonder if that's in our future as well Steve any sort of Future hopes or predictions for where mercenaries could go? Okay, so my my prediction is that we're going to basically round out the original bout of content. We're going to get the Water World and we'll get Wesker and Ada. Whenever Separate Ways or whatever they're doing this season comes out, uh, my hope, which 
totally unrealistic expectations. Got to have them, right? You got to have them. Got to dream. Is that Capcom realised just how big a potential this game mode has, and it spins off into its own thing and becomes its own separate game. And maybe they talk to EA and some other people. We get like you know a Silent Hill themed level with James. We get a Dead Space level yes. with Isaac. Give them all fun, goofy stuff. Make it a proper mishmash enemy PVE game. Uh, you know, bringing characters from across series. You know, that's the pie in the sky, never going to happen thing. But yeah, if we get any more content alone, I'd imagine it's going to be more RE Engine characters we've seen, mm. like Jill or Chris, maybe, with some RE Engine monsters thrown in, hopefully. I would love a Baker Estate map, for example, you know, or an RPD map with classic Claire. You, you could do a lot with it. And uh, it's a shame, because it's an untapped well, in my opinion. I feel like making the characters unique would be the challenge. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, expectations aren't that unrealistic. I expect us to get parity with the original RE4. Maybe if we're lucky, some of the VR versions, mutators or challenges. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I guess I'm almost exactly in the same boat, really, to be honest. Uh, my expectation is that we get to where we were with RE4 and maybe an additional character. It would be nice to see Ashley thrown in there, do something interesting, give her some blue flames to ward off. Some... Give her the suplex. Yeah, give her the armadura warding off flames and uh, maybe a ton of grenades or something rather than guns. Something really wacky and out there because some of the characters, as we know, are already kind of out there with Krauser. Let's go in a different direction with it. I also would like to see this not necessarily become like a giant re celebration hodgepodge in the way that re verse should have been but that maybe it inspires a proper one um i don't think that's going to happen i've asked everyone politely on twitter to shout about mercenaries as much as possible <laughs> for that reason but i i i don't i don't know to be honest i I'd also like to see like, co-op as well actually i will say that much yep. i mean you would probably have to balance Krauser a little bit admittedly but uh does it really matter if it's just pve and you're having fun i don't know uh, Kelsey, you said, yeah, what, any expectations and hopes for you beyond co-op or just expand well, on that? Well, I can tell you what I don't want, and that's the Hound Wolf squad. So, um, <laughs> yes! Oh, my word. Oh, Keep don't them say that. the f*** away from this game, please. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm in agreement. I mean, I think what we're seeing with this is because the RE engine is great. You know, technically it's great. The gunplay is superb, as we all know. It's just showing the potential, like Steve said, for this to be a bigger package. They could do larger maps. There could be mini quests within the games. And I use the the term quest kind of loosely there. Like, you know, it's just new challenges, things to do within the time apart from shoot enemies, um, things to grab. Got to do with dailies. Suplex 40 canados. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Like, you know, we've all been going nuts over the main game's challenges. You can work them into mercenaries. Mm. Um, Co-op, that was what I was going to say. It was one of my main notes. I definitely think co-op would be great. I know we're probably not the only people calling for that. I've seen a few people online say co-op would be amazing. Um... Yeah, I had high hopes for Reverse, kind of, I guess, stupidly, but uh, we didn't get it. This is like, see, Capcom, you can make, you know, a fun bonus mode that isn't, you know, it's not the, this isn't survival horror mercenaries mode. It's it's a shooting mode right. and it's it's kind of nonsense fun, but that doesn't mean it can't be awesome. Um, and I would, if they want to add a few more characters for free, great. A couple of characters and a couple of maps or whatever they're going to do. Like you say, bring it in line with the original. Cool. After that, if they want to say, oh, here's 
three more characters and three more maps and two weapons for 15 quid i i would pay it i, I would 100 yeah. percent pay it and i think it's kind of weird i don't know why they don't do more of this stuff i feel like it's money left on the table sometimes with capcom um I haven't really seen many people responding negatively to mercenaries other than, oh, it'd be great to have more. So, mm. <laughs> yeah, mm. I'll I'll take more. I'll pay for it. Um, make it happen. Yeah, it's interesting because obviously there's the expectation, Steve, you said separate ways. Obviously, there's some expectation that that's going to come down the line. If we're getting uh, an update to mercenaries at the same time, it almost feels like they probably shouldn't do that. Because people will just talk about separate ways and not the mercenaries. Like you want to, mm-hmm. really, like if you can meter those things out, you might see the actual conversation about the mercenaries more and kind of be able to decide whether or not it's worth pursuing more. But that's probably me overthinking the situation. Andy, any expectations or hopes for the future of Mercs? Again, they're obviously onto something good. Mercenaries has been a staple in recent modern, recent uh, Resident Evil games. I just want to see more. Well, I, I retort some of your points that you said about REverse. They left a lot on the table. Mm-hmm. Even some of the yep. maps that they used in REverse, they, they they can quite comfortably make the transition over. They've made a bunch of stuff for uh, Dead by Daylight. I'd yep. like yeah. to see some of their maps come back across. There's there's tons of potential with the mercenaries. And I think it was an interesting, interesting point. One of you guys said about doing a standalone like kind of like what they did with the 3ds mode but yeah i mean that was locked on the 3ds which is a real mm. shame mm. um j- just calling it just calling it the mercenaries it doesn't even have to be called resident evil the mercenaries it could just be, just be called the mercenaries and then it can be it could be this free-to-play game where they just every so often add just a random wacky or have like uh chapters like they're doing dead by daylight Mm-hmm. Yep. I think yep. there's uh, there's super mileage in that because Mercenaries is an addicting game mode. Like, if if you could take any like competitive edge outside of speed running, like obviously Capcom's wanted that kind of esports competitive thing in Resident Evil. They just cannot get it right for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Why can it not be Mercenaries? Why can yeah. that not be the mode that they take forward? They, uh, yeah. I, I hope so. I, I hope they, they realise that because yeah. there's tons of potential there. They seem to be stuck on PvP, don't they? And they don't realise that PvE is still a viable option. There are games out there that, to varying amount of degrees, do have you know groups of players, You know, as we said, co-op, teaming up together to see how many enemies they can get through to earn experience, to buy more costumes or whatever and all this kind of stuff. Like, It's not like there isn't already proof that that works with other series, but they, yeah, they seem like they just want to make a PvP game, and that's fair enough. But I mean, a little bit of story time. RE Five versus, yeah, which is basically the mercenaries from RE Four with you know some competitive score attack elements, so you can shoot other players. Me oh, yeah, and a few yeah. other people back in the day, we would literally just gather up and say, right, let's just see if we can clear the entire board as a team. So yeah, there'd be two separate groups of players, but we'd all be fighting the monster together and like trying to not friendly fire each other <laughs> in a PvE way, you know, and then we'd occasionally compare scores and stuff afterwards. Players would like to shoot monsters together as a team, Capcom. Yes. Like, you know, Exoprimal, they actually listened to fan feedback, didn't they? And they're making PvE co-op modes. Yes. So there's this hope, maybe, that that one executive who's obsessed with PvP Resident Evil can finally shut the F up and <laughs> other people can have a go with the toys. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the way in. The, you know, a 
I, finally playable Akuma, you know, just just put <laughs> yeah. it out there. Yeah, let's go. You know, goofy <laughs> Capcom stuff. Yeah. Uh, Capcom's at its best when it's doing the goofy stuff and not just like phoning it in. Like, no offense to Reverse, but like that. Nah, all offense to Reverse. As I say. Um, <laughs> yeah, like and we'd be ripping. Just, just to off. reiterate, no Hound Wolf. No, I'm, I'm yes. done with Goggle Men. Like, okay. Sorry, are we talking about the iconic? Resident Evil characters, <laughs> the Hound Wolf Squad. Is, is that who Andy, you're can you to? name them all for me? That... <laughs> okay, uh, wolf eyes, full no. skin. You're <laughs> 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 amazing. Uh, Tundra, canine, <laughs> sod the rest of them. Yes, so dude, you don't yeah. count. Tragedy, you just know absolute anyway. tragedy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like we were ripping the lid off too much as a conversation for an olive podcast. Absolutely. Whether, however you feel about Outbreak and the banging of that drum, the core principle of Outbreak is players playing together, as you say, mm. Steve. That's what people actually want. Whether you think Outbreak would work in the modern era or not, not. Um, yeah, I, it's, the, it's, the, it's banding up together to have a unique experience. So, yeah, hopefully the Exo Primal thing is, uh, is an indication that maybe... Somewhere mm. down the line, maybe the end of the RE engine era, we get like a celebration of what was and we get like a big old mercenary standalone. But I guess we'll see what becomes of RE4 mercenaries within the coming months or whatever. Uh, but nothing else remains for me to but to thank our contributors, our patrons and our listeners. Join the first Aidspray Discord server to become part of our community and hear the show early and unedited. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and TikTok. All of these links and all of our content can be found at fasprepod.com you can listen to the podcast on youtube spotify itunes and all good podcasting apps and if you like what you hear please do leave us a review where you can and spread the good word don't forget you can support the show by picking up some merch or at patreon.com forward slash fa spray pod for as little as one dollar a month in our next episode we return to the Wildstorm universe of resi to check out the next volume of comic club with resident evil fire and ice thank you to the panel you can follow all of us individually i'm at signiac underscore one two three steve is at fb steve was taken kelsey is at K- a underscore d underscore b underscore and andy is at bio declassified and finally thank you for listening and have a good week we're already beyond time so let's just do it i guess over to you boss oh, i just God, it's warm in here. I feel like I say that. That or the reverse of that at the beginning of every podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you say... the temperature I, of my room I, every time. <laughs> yeah, you have to. Tell us when you're just right, when that day comes. I'm just right today. <laughs> the Goldilocks episode, that'll be. <laughs> Christ. Okay. <clears throat>